to me, that's what we need. We need the Spirit of God flowing through willing vessels, people that are willing to lay down their life and invest their entire family into doing something big. This is the Helping You Win Leadership Podcast. Our number one goal is to help you take a step, whether it's in life, leadership, or ministry. The mission is simple, to help you win. We're so glad you've joined us today. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on social media at Helping You Win Podcast. Now, here's your host, Seth Tomboli. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you guys for joining us today. Um, I have a good friend of mine and one of my pastors here today with me, Jason Kimbrough from Fayetteville, Arkansas. He pastors at New Life Church, and I'm going to be quiet and let him introduce himself. So Jason, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, um, where you're at, all that good stuff. Well, yeah, I'm a pastor in Fayetteville, New Life Church, where my campus is here. And uh, originally was at the uh, our first campus, Conway, Arkansas, which is where I grew up and did college ministry and then youth ministry. was kind of an executive over all the student ministries. Got to do all that. Got to uh, hang out with all these young people and train them how to be leaders and stuff like that. It was really the time of my life. And then about almost, almost seven years, moved to Fayetteville. And it was a big move for us, uh, moving up to Northwest Arkansas. We didn't really know anybody, but we kind of just started uh, started a church up here, and it's grown, and, and we're still here, and we love it up here. We're doing, uh, we're doing okay. I love that. And hey, fun fact, Jason was the pastor of the ministry that I got saved in. Um, I was in college. The ministry is Elevation. Elevation, and, uh, I got kind of tricked into coming. <laughs> I got tricked into coming. We're going there was higher be, God. Uh, People always that's ask right. Me, what that's was, right. Why'd you name Elevation? I was like, I, it was, I don't know. We just, it's okay. It before it was, Stephen it was catchy. Furtick. It got me to come. So, <laughs> but yeah, man, I showed up and um, I, man, I got saved in his ministry. Felt called to ministry under his leadership, and then he just left us and, and moved to Fayetteville, and it was great. Um, but yeah, it's been awesome learning from Jason from afar. But I'm curious, Jason, when did you know that you were supposed to start leading and, and start helping people win? Well, you know, I uh, my dad was a preacher, so I grew up around church. I was in church all the time. I mean, my dad would travel and, and preach. We'd go all over Arkansas. We'd hop in our station wagon. <laughs> we had uh, <laughs> We would go all over Arkansas and preach at these small country churches. And we would go over to the, you know, someone in the church's, you know, their, their house and eat. And that was always interesting. And then we'd go back Sunday night and I was in church, you know, it wasn't no like a uh, hour and five minute service on Sunday. It was all Sunday morning. You go home, you crash, take a nap, watch some football. You get back up, take a shot of coffee, go back to church. And then you're there Wednesday night. You're there. I mean, we were in church all the time, but it really, besides my parents, it wasn't until, um, my college pastor pulled me aside and took me to lunch that I really realized I was called to leave. And I had, I just, I was fresh out of the party scene. I went through a season of rebellion, which most pastors kids do. They don't, they don't all go up. I mean, you don't have to, I hope, I hope my kids don't, but I did. And I went pretty hard for a season, but I was fresh out of that. And I was getting my life right with God and God was doing a lot in me. And my college pastor wanted to take me to lunch. And I was so scared because I, I, I thought I was in trouble because I was used to being in trouble. 
so I met him for a burger or whatever. He's like, Jason, you are a leader. God has given you a gift of leadership. I see it on you. And that was really the first time anyone, a spiritual leader or mentor, had ever sat me down and spoke life into me. And it did something to me. And from, from that point on, I began to lead. And I was very insecure in my leadership at first. I, I, didn't, I, I wasn't sure of anything. And, um, and then when I met uh, Pastor Rick, was that our pastor, founding pastor at New Life, he did a lot for me. I mean, just mm. it wasn't, I mean, he taught me some things for sure directly, but a lot of it's been indirectly, just catching his leadership, um, being around him, being the way he serves his family and the way he serves the church. And so, but that was the initial thing is when I had that lunch with my college pastor, Noble Bowman. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that he called that out of you. And it's just funny to look back, bro. Like, like you did that to me. You brought me to Tzatziki's, the Mediterranean cafe. We needed and, some uh, hummus. <laughs> that's right. And you slid a book across the table and it was communicating for a change. I remember I looked you in the face and I was like, I will never do this. And you were like, yeah, you will just start today. Read this. And I was like, okay. And just calling that potential and leadership out. So before we jump into the next question, Jason, what would you tell the person that is listening to this right now? And they do, they feel insecure um, in maybe who God has called them to be or what God's called them to do. What would you tell them if they are feeling insecure or, timid to take a step or whatever that may be? Well, first thing I would say is that I totally get it. I mean, I, I just can't even believe that I am doing what I'm doing. I'm not saying I'm even great at what I'm doing. I just, I don't feel, I feel very confident in what I'm doing. Like when I, mm. when I get up to preach, I don't, I don't even think I'm a, a great preacher, but I'm just not scared of it anymore. And I used yeah. to be, I just know that that's what God's called me to do. And I'm going to do my best. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, when I, when I research my talks and, and read the Bible and sermon prayer, I'm gonna do my best. And when I get up there, I'm gonna give it my everything. Like I'm just not scared anymore. But, but when I first started, I was scared. I mean, I was nervous. I was insecure. My greatest fear was speaking in front of people. In fact, my dad, yeah. my, when I was at uh, Bible college, I put off oral communications to the very last semester. And my dad was on staff. He was the vice president at the time. And I walked in his office. I said, Dad, I need you to pull a string. I need you to get me out of oral communi- communications. Because I was, so, I was so scared to speak in front of people. And not everybody's called to do that, you know. Not everybody's called right. to be a public speaker. But, but for whatever reason, I was. And I grew, up, I grew up very shy and behind the scenes. I never wanted to be a leader. I never wanted to be a preacher, a public speaker. I never wanted to be out in front. God called me to. And I, re- mm. I resisted it for a season. And finally, I was just like, whatever you want, God. If I really can pray that prayer, God, I want what you want, then that means even if you call me out of my comfort zone, I have to say yes. And right. so for those listening, it might not be that you're called to be a preacher. or I mean, more likely, it's not. It might be that you're called to do something else that stretches you. It may even be little things. Like you, you're called to quit being a people pleaser or you're wow. called to serve your spouse, even though they don't deserve it, or you're called to have kids, even though you're scared or, you know, you're called to change jobs or change cities or move, you know, whatever it might be. But as, as you submit your own will to God, mm. God will call you to do things that stretch you, you know, like for some, even just leading a Bible study is, is it scares them or for, oh, yeah. for some in business, just, 
taking more of a lead on projects and speaking up or confronting their boss or confronting a friend or or even just talking about spiritual things. Like I know for some men that that's a big step just to even start talking about God. I mean, so whatever it is, there'll be steps of out of your comfort zone. What is the thing that I've learned that God tends to move outside of our comfort zone. That's what, that's what tends to happen. And so I do, I've dealt with a lot of insecurity when I started in leadership, not just in, in public speaking, but also in my marriage and just spiritual leadership, just looking at other people that felt confident and going, I, I'm not that confident. And I just had to take a look at who I was and go, God, this is where you're leading me. And I'm just going to do my best. You never called me to be perfect, but you've called me to do my best. That's great. Yeah, I love that. So if you're listening to this right now, just pause this and open the note app in your phone. And I want you to write down whatever that is, that step that Jason's talking about for you to take, because uh, it would be so easy to just brush over that, listen to the rest of this and move on. But man, there's a there's a step that has to be taken for us to step into who God's calling us to be. Yeah. So do that. Um, Jason, okay, so the next thing I, I want you to take like just however long you need, but um I want to know what you are most passionate about right now. Like this is the hot spot, the the topic that, man, you keep going back to. You feel like God keeps bringing up. It could be in life, leadership, or ministry. What is that for you? Yeah, for me, I think it's always been leadership. It's um, it's always been legacy. Uh, my dream is to do one thing and do it well. I know I'll have to do more than one thing, but like, right. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I think, I think what I want to do and what I dream about is equipping people and sending them out and just making disciples and being a part, investing in people's lives. I mean, that's what people have done for me. So I've always just wanted to do it for other people. And I just think that's what the earth needs. That's what the world needs. The world uh, needs more leaders who love people, who love God and love people and are willing to sacrifice. To me, that's what we need. We need the spirit of God flowing through willing vessels, people that are willing to lay down their life and, invest their entire family into doing something big. And so if I can be a part of that, you know, like not like it's because of me, but if I can be a part of, you know, equipping people and, and sending them out and not just churches, but like just men and women in the marketplace in the business world, you know, where they look at their life and they don't look at it like just making money or just, you know, doing great at their job, they, they look at it like my whole life is a ministry. My marriage is a ministry. When I go to school, it's a ministry on my team. If you're a teenager or college student, I mean, it's a, it's a ministry. My whole life, everywhere I go, um, it's a ministry. And that, that would be kind of what has always been on my heart since I was in ministry and, and becoming a pastor is, you know, I love uh, most of what I do. But what I really like is seeing people um, grow into what they're called to do and look at their life through the lens of the mission of God, you know? I love that. And and I feel like you're so good at seeing the potential in people, even though it doesn't necessarily match up with what you see, like, in real time. <laughs> and so I know that was the case with me. Yeah. I was like, how does he see these things? How do You know, and then for Garrett, who was another pastor in the ministry, like, I'm like, I don't see this stuff. How do they see it? What would you tell a leader or a pastor or even a, a business person listening to this right now on how to see the best and see potential in people? That's a great question. I mean, I think it was modeled for me with me. Like, I didn't see, <laughs> I, 
I was just such a, I just didn't have, I didn't, I would never have thought I would be leading anybody. Mm. And other people saw it and they told me about it. Mm. And you think about how, how many times a day you think great things about somebody, but you don't ever tell them. Wow. Yet we have the power. I mean, even scripture says the power of life and death is in the tongue. We have the power to pull things out of people. And it's mm. amazing. What, and I don't do it enough. I, it's, I actually, it's, it's constantly on my heart and my mind to be even better at this, like just to encourage people, empower people. I mean, you want to win with people. You want to help people win. Open up your mouth and say, girl, your hair's on fire. You know, say, <laughs> dude, you, where do, do you work out, man? Look at those biceps. You, you must have a lot of discipline. I mean, just affirming words, yeah. you know, like That's great. you could just affirm people. I mean, and, and, for me, I just, we all get vibes or intuition, and maybe it's also the Holy Spirit that when we're just around people, we see what they can't see. And it's always easier to see other people's potential than our own. So, right. and I think that's why we should call out in people, you know, it's, it's easier for us to see. And um, I just think we have the ability, God has given us that ability to call out the greatness in people. I love that. I love that. So if you could right now today get something posted on a billboard that you know that a lot of people are going to drive by and see, what would you what would you put on that billboard and why? Mm. Well, one of my favorite statements, I think it was just a statement I wrote out in one of the, one of uh, my sermons and it just means a lot to me is if you want to make a difference, you have to be different. If you, if you want to make a difference, you have to be different. And I don't know if it's totally true, but (laughs) maybe you don't, maybe you don't have to be different at all, but I just know, (laughs) you know, the Bible calls us a peculiar people. And he said that not many people find, you know, this road that we're on, you know, and it just, we're, we're just called to be different. And that's just something that has meant a lot to me because I I feel like I think differently a lot. And for a long time, I felt a little bit of shame about that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I just felt like kind of like a black sheep or like, man, I just wish I thought like everyone else. Like, mm-hmm. and I, I've had to really monitor that. Like, well, I don't always want to play the devil's advocate. I don't always want to challenge the problem. I don't want to be that guy that's always like, well, I right. see it another way. You know, like, you're right. <laughs> but it just, it's, it feels natural to me to go against yeah. the grain and, you know, not many, not everyone likes that about people. Like I haven't always been well received because of that, you know, taking a little bit of flack for, you know, cha- being challenging and stuff like that. But yeah. at this point I've just kind of accepted it. I mean, I turned 40 this year. Wow. I've tried for 40 years to, to not be this way. And so I'm just kind of leaning into it. Like, Hey, I don't really want to be like everybody else. And the mm. real difference makers out there, you think about anyone that has made a difference, they weren't normal. And I think right. if you want to make a difference, you have to be different. You cannot think like everyone else. You cannot live like everyone else. You cannot love like everyone else. You can't look like everyone else. You can't walk into the room like everyone else. Like everything about your life has to be different. You don't have to, but if you want to make a difference, man, I mean, you got to do some things different. Yeah, I agree completely. And uh, I just, 
you know, I'll, I'll meet people that try to make their life look like everybody else's. And I think it's really easy to spot a fraud. And I, I think we live in a culture today, Jason, a world today where, you know, social media dictates a lot of how people are making decisions and, and how they live their life. And that's a scary place to be, especially yeah. if someone is making that decision that leads people and leads people in the church. You know, mm-hmm. I just think it's it's scary. So to stand out and be different, I love that. Um, I'm curious about your daily routine. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's there's going to be people that listen to this that are great at managing and, and stewarding their time. There's going to be people who are effective and not so effective with their time and energy. So what does your daily routine, your morning lo- uh, routine look like? And then what what advice would you give to someone who does not have a routine? Yeah, I mean, my daily routine looks like this. Uh, get up at four. I'm kidding. I don't get up at four. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, I get up around uh, 6 a.m. I get the kids ready for school. We, ha- we have four kids. Uh, the oldest three go to school, and we have a, a newborn. Well, I don't – we have a baby. Or He's you know, a newborn I don't, baby. I don't know. I mean, he – he turns two in a few months. I don't know. When do you when do you not become a baby? That's still new. Anyway, we have a young child who is requires a lot. So I usually get the kids up, you know, get them ready so the baby can still sleep and you know all that good stuff, and and then take them to school. And and my wife picks them up, but I, I usually take them because I'm already coming into town. We live kind of out in the country right now. So and then I'll usually spend you know thirty minutes, forty five minutes personal. Bible study, prayer, reflection. Sometimes I'll read a little bit of a book. Um, and my mornings almost, uh, I take I take Fridays off. I used to take Mondays off. I'm trying to take Fridays off. I don't like it right now. I may go back to Mondays. But, uh, but I love it. I love Fridays. Man, I just don't know. <laughs> I just, I just don't know. I don't know. So anyway, but, but in the weekday when I'm working, I'll, that morning time is for study. Like I'll do my sermon prep. I cannot prep. I cannot sermon prep in the afternoons. I have really? to, I can't do it. I'm so fried after lunch. I have no, you ask me a question in the afternoon. Uh, right now we're filming in the afternoon and I'm, I'm trying my best to make sense, but I usually, <laughs> you know, things that require deep study and thought, I dude, the afternoon. I just, I just can't do it. I don't know. So I'll, I'll say like admin emails, uh, meetings. I usually meet uh, for lunch every day with somebody. And then after that, I'll do all the stuff that doesn't require a lot of deep thinking, answering emails, admin, scheduling, any of the random stuff, uh, errands, running to meet with people, going to the hospital, praying with people, stuff like that. Afternoon. I, I, I save my more, I protect my mornings. Like that is when I am prepping and studying for sermons. And I usually go to work out at the gym every day at three thirty or four. So I'm I there and, and it, <laughs> <laughs> it, I, it resets my, my soul, my brain. Uh, Cause after that I go home, my wife hands me a baby and there's three other kids asking me questions and I love them. And I, I want, I want to keep them and I want them to be happy and taken care of, but it's a lot. So when I get home, the day is just beginning pretty much. And then Saturdays are all over the place. I mean, basketball tournaments, baseball practice, uh, showers, weddings, it just, whatever. And then Sundays, you know, it's Sunday. 
that's yeah. kind of my routine. Love it. I love it. What are you uh, reading right now? And also kind of another question with this is what is a book that you would recommend a listener to pick up? Uh, maybe it's a book that you've gifted someone before. Um, so what are you reading now and what uh, books do you recommend? So here's the deal. Um, I love to read, but as we've had more kids, I, I read less. And because I'm doing so much sermon prep, I sometimes don't want to read. Like And like yeah. at night, I'm so tired, I don't want to read. So I'm having trouble right now like because I love to read, but I'm so yeah. tired all the time. But I'm reading – here are the books I'm reading right now, and this is – this is not how I typically would do. I'm reading like eight books right now. <laughs> oh, wow. But I mean, I'm just like reading. I'm not, I, I need to finish them. So I'm reading a book called Gentle, uh, Gently and Lowly by Dane Ortland. And uh, Through the Eyes of a Lion by Levi Lusco. I just started that one. Deep Work by Cal Newport. Mm. Uh, Platform by Michael Hyatt. Yes. The Pastor so by Eugene Peterson. I've been reading that for like four years. I can't get, I mean, it's good. It's just long. I can't get through it. <laughs> like uh, you're rereading it or No, I'm it? still, I, this is not <laughs> normal for me to be so all over the place. And then The Almanac of Naval by Eric Jorgensen. He, it's just sort of like an entrepreneur book, business book. Uh, those are what I'm reading right now. Uh, I don't super love any of them. Maybe that's why I can't finish them. They're all good. I just don't, I'm not raving about them. Uh, so if there's any preachers or teachers listening, the books I would recommend is the book, book I gave you communicate for a change yeah. It, oh, yeah. in there. It just describes a method of communicating that is good. If you don't have any kind of method, it's not, I don't always use it, but I use it intuitively as a starting point. And then preaching, yeah. there's a book called preaching by Timothy Keller. That's a really good book for preachers. Um, atomic habits is a great book. James clear. One of yes. the books that really made a difference in my life, that sounds so dramatic, uh, Made to Stick by <laughs> Chip and Dan Heath. Um, yes. It's not a Christian book, but it, it, it transformed the way I, I write, the way that I talk, the way that I put together sermons. And it just, it just talks a lot about how to um, wordsmith and, and say things in a way that makes makes people retain them and remember them. Uh, Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. I resonate with that because of the whole black sheet thing and just always feeling like different. And it's just a really good book. My friend, Brad Lominick, he wrote a book called H3 Leadership. Really good. It's book. So good. Really good. Yep. book. And then I love anything by Mark Matterson. And um, anyway, those are just a few recommendations. That's great. Do you, do you do audible or are you, do you have to have the book in your hand? I, oh, it's one of those things I wish that I liked kind of like peeps. I always think I'm going to like peeps and then I try them and they're so freaking gross. It I'm never like, changes. Yeah. I'm like, why, why? Uh, I want to like audible. I just can't, I can't listen. I have to read. I have to highlight, make notes. I'll, I'll try. I mean, I, what's weird is I can do podcasts, Yeah. but when it comes to like books, I'll go, I'll go 10 minutes and go. I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't even listen. I can't, right. I can't do it. I'm out on that. Yeah. I'm not, that's so interesting. I'm the same way with podcasts, but I've, I have, we're doing so much work on the house right now that like when I'm doing projects, I have to be listening to something or I feel like I'm wasting time. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So, Hey, I'm curious if you could go back and tell young Jason Kimbrough something, what would be some advice that you would give to yourself? 
be more confident in your in your younger years and dream big. Um, learn more, even more about who God's made you to be. A lot of self discovery. I would I would say to accept what what your personality is and continue just to not like be yourself, like never grow or, or be humble or teachable, but just to to lean into the way that God made you because so many mm. people are trying to be different. Uh, they're trying to be something that they're not. And it, it, it's, it's really repulsive. Like God made us to, uh, for a reason, like we don't need to be a, a carbon copy of someone else. So um, yeah. that's probably what I would say. Just lean into the way that God made you. That's great. That's great. And and if you don't know how God made you, um, I would encourage what Jason probably would encourage, and it's surround yourself with some people that will speak to that. And I know that that's been a huge, huge part of my life and Jason's life. He, he referenced it earlier is, man, have someone that's going to tell you the truth in your life. Um, don't surround yourself with people who are going to make you feel good because it's not going to benefit you at all. So I, I'm curious, Jason, what is uh, one of your, if that you feel comfortable sharing, don't feel any pressure, but oh, no. um, a failure in your life or maybe just ministry that you learned from and it's made, it's been pivotal to your leadership? Well, I mean, I, my, when I think about that question, I think about when I was in a senior in high school, I played football. I was an mm. offensive tackle, baby. Hey. Yeah, no glory in that. I feel like you would be like a linebacker. I know, man. I I, I don't know. I was what offensive happened? lineman. I don't know. And we were playing this drill, and I missed my block. And it was up against this, like, stud sophomore. I was a senior. I was a leader on the team, you know. But I, I just missed my block. And this dude crushed our quarterback and broke his oh, leg. No. Broke his leg. Broke his leg? Yeah, we were doing the Oklahoma drill. Broke his leg. Yeah. And the ambulance came on the field. Coaches are yelling at me. Half of my teammates are, are, are like giving me a hard time. The other half is they're consoling me. And I walked off that field feeling like a loser. And I'll be honest with you. It still haunts me even today. And over the past 20 years or so, there's been times where I'm up against a decision. I mean, whether that's having another kid or taking a risk in ministry or a financial decision. And I, I just feel like I'm going to fail. Mm. It's like I have that memory in my schema somewhere, in my brain somewhere. Wow. And that's, it's just been really difficult to overcome. Like mm. always feeling like you're going to fail. Cause I don't know what happened that day. I was good. I was, a, I was, a, I was all conference. You know what I mean? Like I it wasn't like I was a bad right. player. It just, something happened. I missed, I, I wasn't perfect. And what I've learned from that is, and it's taken me years. I feel like I still deal with it, but it's just to, to go out swinging and get back mm. up and keep trying. And you don't have to be perfect. You're going to fail. You're going to fail whether you take risk or not. In fact, by not taking risks, sometimes that's failure. So wow. I've, I've just learned a lot through that, through your own personal trauma <laughs> from that Um I mean, the, the rest of the year, I saw that quarterback on the sidelines with crutches. And I think about it all the time. But wow. it, it's also a reminder like, hey, don't ever get a big head. You make mistakes, and it's okay. You're going to make mm -hmm. mistakes. My grace is sufficient for you. 
and you can be weak. I'm going to move, I'm going to move through you in a more powerful way when you're weak and dependent on me. Cause I want all the glory, mm. you know? Wow. Wow. How, what grade were you in when that happened? I was a senior in high school. Oh my God. Yeah. That'll, that will scar you. It, it did. That is crazy. It did. Dude. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've got two more questions for you. We'll shut this thing down. Um, what is, what is the best advice that you could give the person listening to become a leader worth following? Oh, I think, I mean, I think really being honest and authentic, um, that's, that's huge to me. Uh, I just preached a message yesterday and I'm pretty, I, I, I'm pretty experienced with the Bible and I grew up, you know, in church and very knowledgeable of the Bible. I've been to seven years Bible school, bachelor's, master's. I, there's still so much to learn about the Bible, but mm. I feel pretty confident at this. I mean, I'm almost 40. You know, I've, I've been in ministry 20 plus years, but, but I preached a sermon the other day and it was just on a topic I, I'm just not that experienced with. I don't really know that much. And I was nervous about it and I didn't really want to do it, but mm. I felt led to do it because I feel like I needed to model for the people that, Hey, just because, I'm not an expert or I don't know a lot about this subject. doesn't mean we're going to skip over it. It doesn't mean that, because wow. I felt like there was a little bit of pride in that. Like I'm only going to wow. teach about the things that, you know, right. I feel yeah. really confident <laughs> about, you know? <laughs> and so I just got up there when I got to some of the scriptures that I, I, I said, Hey, I just want to let you know, I'm not an expert on this. I'm not an expert on anything really. And especially on this topic, I have very limited experience. Who mm. really knows the ways of God. All we have is the Bible. So I'm on a journey too. Here's what I know about this. And it was so refreshing to me. Wow. And then I got feedback from others that were like, it was really cool that you just said what you felt. And I've, I've just learned that in any area, it, and I'm not saying we're supposed to say everything we feel, or whatever, but right. <laughs> you know, that would be weird, but just to be honest, like if you don't know, mm. if you don't know an answer, just say, I don't know. It's one of those powerful things. That's you so can good, say. dude. I don't know. My kids ask me questions all the time. Like, I don't know. You know, uh, we need to learn about that. Or I, I just think being honest and raw and real is so refreshing and it makes people want to follow you because it doesn't mean yes. you're not confident. It just means you're being real. So. Yeah. And I bet everybody after that felt like they were on the journey with you. Like, it really did. I mean, that is it really did. So good, man. That's so good. Well, we'll finish up with this question. If you had to speak an impromptu message right now, um, you know, don't speak the one you spoke a couple weekends ago that you weren't confident about, but, um, you know, speak (laughs) an impromptu message. I'm kidding, obviously, but, uh, just to help people win, it could be life, leadership, ministry, marriage, whatever it may be. What would you tell them and why? Oh, it would, it would seriously probably be the, the billboard message. If you want to make a difference, you got to be different. Second uh, mm-hmm. Corinthians 5.13, we're out of our mind. It's for the sake of Christ. And uh, three points would be if, uh, you know, if you want to make a difference, you have to be different. You have to be different in the way that you live. You have to be different in the way that you think. And you have to be different in the way that you dream. Wow. Uh, those, that's a three-point message that I would probably, that would be my go-to because 
that's kind of my life message, I think. Be different in the way that you live, you know, the way you influence people, the way you treat people. It's just really not that hard to love people. Right. It's just, it, but it is. It, yeah. it isn't, but it is. And if you can just go the extra mile to do what no one else is doing, people will swarm around you and they'll want to be like you mm. and you'll have an open door to people. So you'd be different in the way that you live. You'd be different in the way you think. How much our thoughts influence everything. Our attitude, the way we think about things. I struggle with this a lot because I tend to be just like a realist. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I don't want to yeah. be some like super positive, like, out, right. you know, I, I'm, but I'm going to have to up my game to at least, you know, when I think empowering thoughts, you know, to, I mean, that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to think about whatever's true, whatever's noble, you know, uh, and then be different the way that you dream, just to dream big. We only live once. I mean, we only have a certain amount of time. That's great. And I want to go out swinging, man. I want to enjoy it. I want to lead. I want to influence. Uh, I just want to, I want to make a difference. So that, that's what I would do. Gosh, that's great, man. I love the dream component too, because I think people can do the first two really well. And then when it comes to dreaming, it's like, I, I just think we, I know I struggle with that sometimes um, with dreaming. It's like, I can't sometimes, sometimes I can't see past what's my, my current circumstance is. Yeah. And so that's, that's so good, man. Well, Jason, thank you again for being on here today. And uh, if they're going to find you on social media, um, where do they find you? What's your What's your Instagram? It's just my name, Jason Kimbrough. And my last name is spelled with a W on the end. Most, most Kimbroughs, there's not many Kimbroughs out there. But the ones that are out there, it's either an O, B-R-O, or a B-R-O-U-G-H. But I got that W. It's I got that W. Stands for winner. I don't know. That's right. Well, Jason, thank you so much. Man, I'm so grateful for your leadership and your voice in my life. And we love you guys. Y'all have an amazing day. Thank you again for joining us on today's episode. We are so honored to help you win in life, leadership, and ministry. Find us on all social media platforms at Helping You Win Podcast. And then also, man, if you would go subscribe and leave us a review, it would help us a ton and share it on social media. We believe that we lead better when we lead together.